been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Hey, welcome everybody. Steve with Sons of Fidelium. Coming at you with a special guest y'all might not know of, James Corbett of thecorbettreport.com. He usually comes from the sunny clams of Japan, but it might be more of the Western, uh, the J Japanese front these days. Uh, James, <laughs> which one do you want to go with on that? <laughs> uh, let's keep it sunny climbs of Western Japan. It's it's a nice place to be sometimes, anyway. Yes. Uh, and again, appreciate you coming on. Thank you for your time. Uh, first off, you were talking about COVID-19, uh, coronavirus, the news, the riots. It seems like every time you turn around, we're getting punched in the face by something else. Um, you had a, on your, for, was it your forecast, your daily newsletter you come out with, what I thought was a, the best idea. And I actually did it. We went through the Food Network. How do you stop the coronavirus? Turn your TV off. How do you, you've done many shows on propaganda and media. Describe to us how propaganda is used for fear, how to promote fear. Well, actually, the coronavirus uh, pandemic that we've just narrowly lived through is a perfect example of how the media can be used to incite fear in a population when it is not uh, justified or necessary, which is now starting to be acknowledged that the lockdowns and everything that we've just experienced wasn't actually medically necessary, but we didn't know that at the time. So it was a good thing that we all scared scared you into your houses and uh, made you all lock lock yourselves down essentially in a lot of places uh and now that is being exposed as uh not only being counterproductive but actually uh, causing more death and illness and uh and suicides and everything else as a result of the craziness that's gone on than the actual pandemic itself that is that is extremely important to underline because essentially what we have lived through is a period of propagandization that has led a large number of people to go along with this and still probably believe it. I mean, unfortunately, after a certain amount of time, once you've committed yourself to a certain narrative and you've taken steps to implement that narrative in your day-to-day -day life, like wearing masks and locking down and following the rules, uh, then you have committed your identity to it. You have invested some part of your identity in that narrative. You are going to defend it even when it became, becomes indefensible. Now, I have a unique position in this because I have been living through this in one of the countries that has not locked down. Uh, uh, here in Japan, the Japanese government itself has said, look, our hands are tied. The Constitution doesn't give us the authority to come in and lock down the country. So we request that you stay home and you should practice social distancing. But there's absolutely no enforcement and nothing we can do about it. So to be fair, a number of businesses, especially in Tokyo and some of the viral hotspots, quote unquote, um, did did comply with that request and did shut down or move uh, operations to uh, work at home or what have you. Uh, there has been less ridership on transit and things like that. But at any rate, there has been no mandatory enforcement of any lockdown. Restaurants are still open. Um, people are, yeah, people in Japan wear masks generally. So that's just continuing as usual. I mean, it's not, it's not a huge shift in people's mindset here. And as a result of that, we have had an exceptionally low death rate. And I think that's because the deaths are not being reported in the same way as they're being reported in other countries. As I've detailed in some of my work, of course, if you die 
with COVID-19, you are classified as dying of COVID-19, regardless of the underlying causes, which of course is a complete change in regular uh, write-ups for how deaths are coded. And that's something that I've talked about extensively in my work. Well, that kind of scam was not being run in Japan. So lo and behold, there isn't a ballooning death rate here. There never was. There was really only panic when there started to be a large and viral infection hotspot in Tokyo, but it, it, it amounted to essentially nothing. And uh, so this, so I've had the perspective of seeing the way that this is being portrayed in the Western media versus what is actually happening on the ground in Japan and noting the disconnect. So sometimes we are, we're blessed with that position of being able to step outside of the propaganda framework and see the propaganda for what it is. But the people who are living in it and through it uh, have a much harder time of doing that. So I think everyone has a perspective on some form of propaganda where they can see it from that outside perspective and that is where we learn the most about how propaganda really functions if you really want to get to the roots of this propaganda idea and how it functions through the media to essentially control large swaths of the population you could take my word for it i never encourage people to take my word for it but i do have a propaganda watch series where on a mostly weekly basis i go and look at various media um, reports on all sorts of different subjects and analyze the propaganda for how it is functioning on the public consciousness. But don't take my word for it. Go to the source himself, Edward Bernays, who is considered the father of modern uh, public relations. Mm -hmm. He was the nephew of Sigmund Freud and applied some of those ideas about how to manipulate people's unconscious minds as well as their conscious minds in uh, in advertising campaigns of various sorts and what have you, literally wrote the book on propaganda. It was a 1928 book that he wrote where he spelled it out and he said that the uh, manipulation of the conscious habits and opinions of public society constitutes an invisible ruling class, which is the true ruling power of this country. He was referring to the United States. So there you go. I mean, in their own words, they've talked about this, they've written about it openly for a better part of a century, probably quite a lot longer, but at any rate, on the record, black and white, there it is for over a century. They've been thinking about how best to manipulate public opinion and how to how do we do this in a democratic framework so people believe that they are they're, they're the government power, they're voting for it, but they're actually not. Uh, it's an it's a intricate system in some ways, but it's exceptionally obvious once you start to see through it. And then you turn your neighbors into evangelists for the propaganda. Unfortunately so. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to, to analogize that. People talk about the crabs in the bucket trying to get out, and one crab will reach down and try to pull another crab that's trying to get out of the bucket, pull him down. And that is unfortunately the state that we find ourselves in. We are tied to the, the general society that we're living in, and unfortunately people who are trying to escape that propaganda bucket often get dragged back down. So if you have heretical ideas like mine that the COVID-19 pandemic is not the grave threat to humanity that it was portrayed as, unfortunately, there will be a lot of people who will get angry about that. I'm sure some people in your audience will be angry for me daring to suggest that the emperor is wearing no clothes in this case. But at any rate, there it is. I beat you to that. I've already been getting some hate mail for that. Uh, especially Sorry. with the... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, let me put it this way. Again, please do not take my word for anything. Of course, I am not an epidemiologist. I am not a doctor. I'm not an infectious disease specialist. Do not take my medical opinion for anything at all. But please do, at the very least, look at my work. For example, uh, lies, damned lies, and coronavirus statistics, mm -hmm. where I do talk about 
epidemiologists and infectious disease experts and what they have to say about this issue and the data that was available even at that time, and that was probably six or seven weeks ago at this point, but even at that time, it was becoming apparent that it was not adding up. The numbers, the data itself does not add up. So do not take my word for it, but please do look at some people whose word you probably should be taking into consideration here. It just almost felt like common sense when it first came out because you're watching the TV and they're saying, you know, 10 people have died and you're expected they're acting like the zombie apocalypse happens outside. People are literally falling down outside the street. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying by the minute. And you look at it, five people, 10 people in the county I live in zero <laughs> shut down everything. And then you see on TV, the constant reminder of death. We were talking about the buddy of mine about how after nine 11, all you saw was the constant flying of build uh, planes into the buildings to keep that in your head. Same thing now with the deaths, the deaths, the deaths, the deaths, the deaths. Do you see exactly you know, right. parallel to that? Yes, of course, absolutely. The death count being tallied like it's some sort of sports score that people are reading every single day. You can create an, a, a public emergency out of anything if you concentrate on it to that degree. We could make a public emergency about the death toll on the roads if we reported every single day. And 15 people died today, 27 people died today, 13 more people died today, 8 people died today. If every single day they reported on every single person dying in car accidents on streets in the United States, do you think the U.S. could be whipped into hysteria about car accidents? Absolutely, they could. And in this same case, if you report every single day, again, not people dying of COVID-19, but people dying with COVID-19, just for the record, let's note, George Floyd died with COVID-19. So I guess he died of COVID-19. It would be interesting to see the death certificate, wouldn't it? Yeah. But at any rate, this is the way that the, the hysteria can be generated in the minds of the public. If you, if you not just ask them, but if you put this number or these, these figures or this idea in front of people day after day after day after day and hammer it home as if it is something unparalleled in history, then people will start treating it as if it is something unparalleled in history, as opposed to, say, the flu, which again could be reported in the same way every single year. And yeah, in seasons when there's 80,000 deaths in the US because of the flu, you could rip with people into hysteria about it. But oddly enough, they don't. And I get all, I understand all of the things that people would say in, in uh, response to that. I mean, it's a new, it's a new virus. We don't know anything about it. So it's good to take precautions, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we should note that the idea of quarantining the healthy is something that most epidemiologists thinks is insane, out of nowhere, never been tried before. No one's ever put this into practice. The idea of social distancing as a response to this type of pandemic was actually put forward at first in a high school student's paper back in 2006, and then was adopted uh, in a, a scientific paper that was signed off on by one of the Bush administration officials at that time, was roundly laughed at and rejected by epidemiologists at that time, but was revivified for this particular pandemic. Isn't that interesting? So uh, again, once again, please do not take my word for it, but please do inform yourself about where these ideas are coming from and who is propounding them and for what purpose, because there is always an agenda, especially when we see the media all on board and all hyping the same thing at the same time, you know that there is some deeper agenda at work here. And almost saying the exact same thing on every channel. 
sometimes in some cases saying the exact same thing on every channel. In fact, there was recently a, a, a video news release that was put together by Amazon corporate department, sent out to local TV news stations around the country. So far, 11 different TV news stations have been identified as airing it. There may have been more, but at least there is uh, footage of 11 of them. Literally, every single one of the announcers for these local news stations reading the script that Amazon sent them to introduce an Amazon puff piece created by Amazon corporate PR that is presented as if it's by a reporter from that news station. It is not. It is a corporate Amazon PR piece it's about how is Amazon dealing with the pandemic and keeping their employees safe. That, I mean, and that is the perfect example of how this functions and, and the, the monetary incentive by which this functions, because let's keep in mind, who bought the Washington Post several years ago? It was Jeff Bezos. Yes, literally billionaires buying up the media and sending out their puff, corporate puff pieces to be aired as news on the local news stations. And people are not questioning this. And I'm the crazy one? <laughs> mm, sure. Or, or Neil Ferguson coming up with a $2.2 million. To scare, as I think one reporter said, to scare the hell out of everyone. And they, it's, that's it's, right. And for people who don't know about that, please look into the history of Neil Ferguson, Imperial College, and uh, the 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 model that he was projecting of two point two million deaths in the United States, five hundred thousand in the UK, if drastic measures were not taken, and uh, the fact that he has predicted incorrectly just about every major pandemic and scare of the past couple of decades going back to foot and mouth disease a couple of decades ago in England he has consistently overinflated the, uh, the 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 figures on his models by millions of people and has consistently been had egg all over his face and yet he is the one who was instrumental in getting uh, the UK government and the US government on board with the lockdown agenda, which, uh, by the way, let's put it on record. Yes, he was caught breaking the, the, the quarantine lockdown orders in the UK by having his mistress visit him during the quarantine, uh, which I'm not pointing that out as some sort of moral thing about his morality, whatever. But no, it shows that he himself doesn't believe that the lockdown was necessary. If he did, if he truly believed this was a deadly act to to breach those orders, then he wouldn't have done it, presumably to his own mistress and then for her to go back to her family to infect her family. No, he doesn't believe it, but he was instrumental in getting not just the UK, but the US as well to lock down and completely shut down businesses, disemploy 40 plus million Americans close businesses, some of which will never reopen. It cannot be overstated how drastic the actions of the last few months have been, and based on things that the people who were implementing them don't even believe themselves. If you would have said January 1st, going into the next idea, the C word, that we were going to close down the entire planet, basically, over this, you would have, you would have had to put somebody in a streetjacket. You are nuts. You're No credit. You, you've, you're a conspiracy theorist. They use that as a slang anymore. It's almost to the point that I'll believe anything that comes out. Now, full disclosure, when I did Uber, uh, there was all these stupid theories of lizard people living underneath Denver International Airport. I don't subscribe to those things. This, I mean, how do you call everything that you're going out right now a conspiracy theory is, instead of being like the race card that people throw at anybody to shut the argument down? 
Yeah, it's a thought stopper um, that has been carefully crafted to make people disbelieve or automatically disregard certain pieces of information by lumping it all together. If you believe X, then you believe Y and Z or Z, as my American friends would say, uh, all together because you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. And uh, sometimes this is portrayed as this term was coined by the CIA in the 1960s. That's not quite true. The term has been used uh, instances going back to the 19th century, but certainly the idea of conspiracy theory being used as a pejorative to put down people offering alternative explanations for officially uh, official government narratives was employed by the CIA in the wake of the Warren Commission findings uh, immediately upon the publication of the Warren Commission findings into the JFK assassination. Uh, there were very many vehement critics of that commission and it being led by Alan Dulles of the CIA, for example. I mean, other I, I, we could go into that, but we don't necessarily need to do that here. But uh, the CIA did put out an internal memo, which uh, is online. I believe it is CIA uh, document 1035-930, just going off the top of my head. At any rate, people can look it up and read it for themselves, in which they tell uh, their their agents and assets in the media to employ the phrase conspiracy theory or conspiracy theorists to discuss people who are raising questions about the Warren Commission. And wouldn't you know it, lo and behold, from that point forward, that term conspiracy theory as a pejorative to talk about people dismissing or, or pointing out flaws in government narratives has gone through the roof in the media. Uh, that speaks to a number of things, one of which is Operation Mockingbird, as it's been called. Uh, that, that isn't the official name that it was given by the CIA, but at any rate, that's what it's come to be known as, which was revealed in the church committee hearings in the 1970s, where they opened up just just open the, the, the curtain just a little bit, just open the kimono just enough for people to see in and find out that yes, the CIA had an extensive propaganda network. They had uh, assets in the New York Times and CBS and every other major American media institution, let alone media institutions around the world, through which they were able to propagate uh, CIA propaganda. And But then, don't worry guys, they said, we won't do that again and closed the books on that. Uh, <laughs> I think we can all... Uh, come to our own judgment about uh, how accurate such a, a dismissal was. But for the record, about eight years ago, the Smith-Munt Act, which specifically prohibited propaganda from being employed by U.S. government agencies on Americans, was repealed. So uh, come to your own conclusions about what that means. Fauci. Now for my Catholic audience here, we apologize for the entire world because he is him like the Gates family, a bunch of lukewarm fall away Catholics that is Pope Pius V said are the worst people in the world basically what do you got on Fauci you didn't mention him too much on gate in the Gates episode which we'll get to after him but I I don't did you I don't know if you saw that video of uh, the one lady Lincoln her her his wife with Gates uh, with the with the uh, human experimenting uh, experimentation group I didn't see that in particular, but I uh, and I didn't concentrate on Fauci in my series on Gates. Uh, but clearly, there are links there, and uh, Fauci did uh, obviously the National Institutes for Health, which Fauci uh, was was heading at the time, was receiving Gates funding. I mean, there are links, and you can find. I mean, even just photos of them being together on several occasions and Gates speaking highly of Fauci. So clearly there, there is a relation there, but I didn't, I didn't deeply delve into Fauci's career. I know that he was instrumental in the early governmental response to the AIDS crisis back in the 1980s and uh, essentially assigning 
uh, or uh, green li green lighting various treatments that in fact turned out to be quite deadly to a lot of the people that received them, um, which was then just talked up to the disease, which sounds familiar considering that we have just lived through the coronavirus pandemic, which we now are realizing that a lot of the deaths that were occurring were because people were being intubated, put on uh, uh, on, on ventilators that did not need to be. And unfortunately, although in generally, uh, 40 to 50% of the people who go on ventilators never come off. Well, in the coronavirus crisis, 80% plus of people going on ventilators, especially in New York, were not coming off. The ventilators were killing a lot of people. And uh, and now they've admitted that and changed their, their guidelines and we won't do it. But again, this was the type of thing that was being promoted by health experts like Fauci in the early stages of this pandemic that demonstrably made things even worse. Now the Gates series you did, God bless you for doing that, man. That that was you talk about some work. Uh, everyone, their brother that I know of was uh, promoting it. I had monks promoting it on their websites. The Colby Center for Creation was passing it through because they just did. They got a couple uh, DVD series on uh, eugenics in general with evolution. Uh, was there anything? We'll have the whole everything will be on the show notes, just like everything else is. And so please go watch. If you haven't watched it, I don't know what rock you've been under. Everyone has been sharing it. But uh, what didn't make the cutting room floor that you would have liked to put in it? Or did everything get in it? Uh, not everything. There's always things that come up during something like this that, that are interesting that you can't quite, you can't get into because it gets too far from the plot. But um, one one example that springs to mind right away, um, it did it did come into the, uh, the, the, the final part of the series just in a very passing form, just in a couple of sentences. But there was something that I found late at night, one of the nights when I was up writing this, because unfortunately I only had about a month to put this together, so I was working on it 24-7. But then at like one in the morning, I discovered this little nugget that I just couldn't get rid of until I figured it out. Um, I found an American Eugenics Society member roster from the 1920s that indicated a William H. Gates was a card-carrying member of the American, a founding member of the American Eugenics Society, who was in fact there at the uh, the second international eugenics conference in New York City in 19, I think it was 1920, at which the American Eugenics Society was founded. Um, and I could not determine whether this William H. Gates was the William H. Gates progenitor, which gives Bill Gates his name, William H. Gates III, I couldn't determine whether or not this was that William H. Gates. And I tried and tried and tried. Uh, the only evidence that I could find um, that that uh, suggested anything was some evidence that there was a professor, William H. Gates, at the University of Louisiana or something at that time, which would not have been Gates's grandfather. So I can't say definitively, but I thought that was fascinating and interesting. Uh, not necessary, obviously, for the argument that I make in the documentary, but it would certainly provide that historical tie-in. But I, yes, I mean, for people who haven't watched it yet, please do do so. Uh, it's at CorbettReport.com slash Gates. It's 100% free video and audio downloads, complete hyperlink transcript to everything that I say in the documentary. But I think I lay it out the case clear as clearly as it can be that this, this billionaire monopolist who is hungry for more power and money in the 1990s and everyone understood as being essentially satan himself in the 1990s he was often portrayed as this extremely evil person suddenly became this heavenly saint this philanthropist who's going around giving out his his wealth although strangely enough during the past decade which he's committed tens of billions of dollars to global vaccination campaigns and others he's actually managed to double 
his net worth from 50 billion to over 100 billion but somehow he's giving away his wealth and it's all because he he just loves humanity so much i i i try to make the uh, the the case and i i'd like to say that i do a fairly good job at it but i'll let you come to your own conclusion about that but i make the case that he is not uh motivated by love for his fellow human beings it is uh unfortunately the latest iteration of the old eugenics idea that there are certain people who are fit by virtue of their very genes to rule over others and we must do what we can to limit the amount of breeding amongst the lower people so that the better people can have more of their wonderful virtuous rich children and that unfortunately i think is more to do with the uh, the, the driving ethos of someone like gates so what made you put the put that project together anyways we just one of those just i got ticked off i see this no one else is talking about it let's do something let me do something about it i have the resources to do it or well for people in your audience who don't know i've been doing this work now for 13 years um i started the corporate report back in 2007 uh after having gone through it down the rabbit hole as they say into conspiracy theory land oh no i started to realize that that epithet the conspiracy theorist label uh was used to basically stop people from thinking deeply about certain issues about where power and control in society really lies and how rich and powerful people conspire to keep their 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 wealth and power uh, what an amazing concept in any other time in human history that would have just been obvious fact oh yeah the rich people on the hill are trying to make sure that the peasants don't uprise against them i mean that is that's just the most basic uh, mechanism of society throughout history but in our era that has become unthinkable oh you believe that the rich and powerful are trying to be rich and powerful oh you crazy so once i broke that conditioning and started to get through that i started the website and essentially almost every major theme that i've been talking about for the past 13 years is coming together at this exact moment in this crisis that we've just lived through. All of the things that used to be absolute crazy conspiracy talk. Oh, you believe the government is surveilling you? Oh, you're so crazy. And then you get something like Snowden and, and people go, oh, okay, well, the government's surveilling you, but it's only for your own good and they're trying to get terrorists or something. So it's it's all right. And you think they would abuse that power? Well, what do you think? They're going to create some sort of 1984 society where you, you're going to have to you know, show your papers, please, every time you cross it? Oh, well, actually, that's exactly what is coming into view now because we're going to all have uh, immunity passports where we're going to have to prove that you you took your vaccine and blah 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 this is all happening right now and I just saw the con the the convergence of all of this and and essentially as I say this is what motivated me to start doing this in the first place was a warning against what we are going headlong into right now and as I started to look at this particular unfolding of this particular stage of the agenda, this coronavirus slash biosecurity narrative that we're being steeped in right now, the name that kept coming up over and over every time you looked into the connections, it was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates, Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda It was all over this in every facet, not just the medical biological facet of it, although obviously the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has been absolutely instrumental in funding so many of these organizations, including being the second largest donor to the World Health Organization above 
all sorts of other nations, everyone except the United States. And if the U.S. really does defund the WHO, Bill and Melinda Gates will become the largest donors to the World Health Organization. But not just that. It's also every other aspect of this agenda. Again, as I point out in the documentary about the population control grid, population control doesn't just mean limiting population size. It also means literally controlling the population. And how do you do that? You do that by implementing a biometric ID system and then tying that into a cashless payment structure so that payments can be turned on or off at the flick of a switch. Where have we heard ideas like that before? Hmm, I wonder. At any rate, who's behind these ideas? Bill Gates has been instrumental, for example, in India with the Adhar system, the largest biometric database ever created, was created in India for the express purpose of putting the entire Indian population in a biometric ID database. And then a couple of years later, once that was established, they started to move towards the cashless payment structure, which is going to be tied into people's Adhar ID. And Bill Gates was behind all of that. He, as I point out, and I, again, I detail all the links in the documentary, Bill Gates was there uh, helping to get this done, specifically as he admitted in a speech to the U.S. Department of the Treasury, because you don't want to have some sort of system where people can interact outside of the view of the U.S. government. You want to be able to block any transactions you don't want to go through. I mean, that's that's it. This is not just control of, of, of people's movements. It's not just control of people's actions. It's not just control of people's interactions. It's also control of people's transactions. Everything you do, everywhere you go, everyone you talk to will be tracked, cataloged, and blocked, if need be, at the flick of a switch. And that, interestingly, does tie into what we're living through right now with this reimagining of policing that apparently is going to be happening now as police, uh, the Minneapolis Police Department is now being defunded or disbanded or something and replaced with what exactly? Well, uh, I think replaced with a system where policing is now going to be essentially mostly automated. It is going to be things that can be seen in real time by some agent in some office somewhere hundreds or thousands of miles away from you that you never even meet because they can look at everything you're doing, every transaction you're, you're having, and eventually the power will exist to flick the switch and to take you off of the grid if need be. Yeah, I think your boy Pilato had one on his show a couple months ago, if I remember, of uh, our stories of police robots or giving tickets, citations, and just some robot would come out and just hand you a ticket and be on your merry way. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I, I believe they were doing that in Singapore. Uh, not Singapore. There was, uh, I can't remember the citations off the top of my head, but I've seen a couple of instances during these lockdowns where they were using police robots to stop people from leaving quarantine areas. The God gene. You just came out with that video, the debunking it. Thanks <laughs> again. Thank God. Because I, I got videos, All everyone was sending us, look at this. You I'm not a, even a research guy like that, and I'm going, that doesn't look like him. There's something fishy about this thing. Too quinky dinkle. Now all of a sudden this thing comes out? Yeah. Were you getting the same thing? I mean, people go watch the video, obviously, but... Yeah, and I hope they do. If they don't know what we're talking about, there was a video that first circulated nine years ago, and I, I did see it at that time. And it was a video that was purported to be a leaked video from some Pentagon briefing of some researcher, some scientist who was talking about a project called FunVax that would be uh, to develop a vaccine to essentially disarm or, or um, block the God gene, which 
causes people to be religious. And in this presentation, again, you can go see the four-minute clip that they've put out there from this secret briefing um, where he's presenting, here's a brain, here's exa two examples of brains, and this one is religious, and this one is non-religious, and you can see the different areas of the brain and the gene activation and blah, blah, blah. And the idea was that, yes, the Pentagon is secretly working on some sort of vaccination that they can give that will make that will eliminate the religious uh, nature of people. Um, I mean, first of all, I don't understand why a religious person would actually take that at face value, because clearly you don't believe that your your belief in religion comes from a gene or something, some expression of some some genetic yeah, thing. No, it is not the gene. It is part of your your soul, your human nature, whatever. So. At any rate, so it should be debunkable that way, right? But at any rate, um, it is debunkable insofar as nine years after it first released, uh, suddenly people are saying this is Bill Gates in the video and are they're re regurgitating it and sending it around. So I, I did a, a debunking of that to show, no, it is not Bill Gates. Even explicitly, the filmmakers themselves have, have interviewed this, this scientist guy. It's not Bill Gates. But also, I mean, you can see from the, the audio manipulation and other things in that video that it is, uh, it is not a real video. And I think this is the flip side to that coin. Just because I obviously do not trust anything that is being put out by mainstream media at face value, no questions asked, I'll believe it because the New York Times reported it or any, any sort of nonsense like that. I also do not simply believe any conspiracy narrative that comes along simply because it's being reported by some alternative outlet. Oh, well, that's not the New York Times, so it must be true. No, of course not. No, of course the critical... Fa uh, function has to be employed at all times. And I get people have a limited amount of time and a little limited amount of energy and resources to employ in doing that, but I'm sure, I'm sorry, there is no shortcut. Either you have to do research and understand what you, what it is you're looking at or, or not. And if you don't, you run the risk of propagating uh, misinformation or disinformation. At best, misinformation. At worst, disinformation, i.e. deliberately created uh, false information that is designed to get you going in the wrong direction or to discredit an entire field of study. And that's that's where I would put this this hoax video that's been circulating now for nine years. There is some some reason why that is being pushed so hard right now. And I hope that I've done something to derail that and at least get people to realize, no, that is not Bill Gates in the video. And that's why a lot of us, a lot of guys I know like is because you're not a sensationalist. You're you're even at the beginning of this, you pump the brakes a little bit to figure out what was going on before we start posting it, posting any videos about this. Uh, this would make you look bad. If you came, came out as a crazy nut job, you got everything wrong. Um, I just saw an article the other day of Melinda Gates talking about the vaccine to basically the black population. Gates ties to Planned Parenthood, which uh, no one knows. James has a great, I think it's about 33 minutes on Planned Parenthood exposed. Uh, we see the riots, Black Lives somewhat kind of matter, maybe. <laughs> we see maybe uh, you can't shut down quarantine. Now, well, you can't quarantine, but talking about shut down everyone in their homes with a virus, but you can with riots. I think it was lock, lockdown document talks about that. And then Trump comes out with wanting to get the vaccine uh, through the military. And we see the military coming into the cities. Are you... Are you not trying to say you're turning into Nostradamus on this, but you see a correlation between the riots and COVID-19. 
Uh, yes, and I think the social unrest that uh, we are seeing right now is for a number of reasons, certainly, but I think one of the reasons has to do, obviously, with the last few months of lockdown that we've just lived through on socioeconomic grounds as well as other grounds. I mean, there is an incredible amount of unrest in the population right now, and that's going to express itself in a number of ways, one of which is this. But for people who are concerned about racism, yes, I would hope that they know something about that history of eugenics and how it expressed itself in the United States through organizations like the Birth Control League, which became Planned Parenthood, which, by the way, says for many, many years, the board members of uh, Planned Parenthood were card-carrying members, sometimes vice uh, directors and vice presidents of the American Eugenics Society. There was obviously a relation there. And if you go back and actually read Margaret Sanger's writings, uh, she was an avowed eugenicist who talked about the need to exterminate the black weeds and others, uh, and yet venerated, now absolutely venerated and put on a pedestal. Literally, Hillary Clinton receives a Margaret Sanger award and everyone applauds uh, without having any understanding of the actual history of this. No, the Planned Parenthood abortion was aimed at the black community as a way of implementing eugenics in the United States and making sure there were less black people being born in the United States. So if you are concerned about racism, you should be concerned about Bill and Melinda Gates or anyone else saying, don't worry, guys, I know you've been hit hard by this COVID crisis, so we're going to make sure you're first in line for these experimental mRNA vaccines that will, by the way, change your very genetic DNA makeup. But don't worry about that. I, it'll all be safe. Um, as Bill Gates himself said, I mean, you know, we, we're, we're going to have to rush things. So there will probably be some number of people who suffer side effects, even if it's a tiny number. If we're going to give this to every person in the world, it's going to be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people might get sick or die from the vaccine itself. And so we'll have to indemnify governments against that. And oh, by the way, wouldn't you know it, the, uh, the U.S. Department of Health has already taken steps to do that, to indemnify any corporation that's working on a coronavirus related vaccine. Well, good. Good to know that the corporations and the government will have complete immunity from whatever is about to transpire here, right? Of course, I'm being sarcastic. No, that is not right. So yes, uh, it is interesting that uh, specifically the black population is now being targeted as being first in line for these coronavirus vaccines that are we're, are, we're being threatened with at the moment. I saw that article and just going, holy cow, how did how is no one seeing that part? James, James Corbett at CorbettReport.com. Appreciate you coming on. Any final words? Uh, once again, I want to stress this. I'm not saying this for effect. Genuinely, do not believe me. Do not take my word at face value. I would not want that. I want a, po a population of people who are genuinely invested in looking for the truth behind matters like this. So that is why my work has been founded on the principle of open source intelligence, which is an intelligence term that uh, the CIA and others have employed. They say, you know, most of our most important information doesn't come from James Bond on the ground, sneaking out documents from Soviet Russia or whatever. No, it comes from reading newspapers, listening to radio shows, openly available information. So that was the, the principle on which I founded my website. I, I don't have any secret sources or insider info. I'm just reading documents. I'm reading papers. I'm reading uh, articles. And I'm putting that information, hopefully, in a way that synthesizes it and makes it understandable to people. But what I do is to always link the sources that I am citing. So you can go and you can see, I sort cite this article or I cite this this author or I talk about this video and you can go 
and watch it for yourself or read it for yourself and put the pieces together for yourself. Do not just take my interpretation of things. Go and get engaged in the research. And I'm confident that when you do that, you will start to be able to pierce this, uh, this, this veil of conspiracy theory and whatever else, whatever labels people want to place on information like this, because uh, that was my experience. Once I actually started to do the research for myself, I realized there's a lot more going on than what we are being told, uh, at least being told in a nice, neatly packaged 30-second television segment. It may be told in a white paper that's being published, you know, by some think tank behind, not even behind the scenes, but just on some website that no one will ever go to. Uh, CFR, what's that? Why would I read one of their papers? Uh, but it's all out there, and I, I'm just trying to connect the pieces for people. So the Corbett Report is a resource for people to be able to do that. It's 100% freely available for the public. Use it as a resource. Use it as a starting point uh, if you are looking for somewhere to start with your research. And uh, and think for yourself, because that's the only way we're going to get out of the problems that have been created by not thinking for ourselves. In the geopolitical space, he's pretty much the best you're going to get. Uh, stay humble on that, please. Uh, support his work. Check it out. Uh, he's not doing it for the money. If so, he probably would have monetized a long time ago because he's got millions of views. So, uh Please help him out. Watch his stuff. Don't want to watch it in one day. You know better than that. But uh, James, appreciate your time. We look forward to your work in the future and uh, talk to you later, bud. Thank you. Take care.